Be seated. So Jesus came and he started preaching this message, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. And we talked about this a while ago. Uh, When he says that the kingdom of heaven is near, he is talking about God's saving work coming close to us. And and that's, that's what Jesus has come to do. To bring God's saving work to bear in us. And so as he talks about the kingdom of heaven, and as he gets us thinking about what does it mean to be part of this this new kingdom, this new logic, well, things are different there. And he starts talking about what that looks like, what the ramifications of this new kingdom are. And he starts talking about salt. Salt. Now, it's happened uh, on more than one cold morning that I've discovered my driveway completely coated in ice. When that happens, I go and I get salt and scatter it over that slick surface. The crystals, they, they, they skitter to their stopping places. And then I hear snap, crackle, pop. And I'm not talking about Rice Krispies. But have you experienced that? You throw the salt out and you, you can hear it. What's happening there? Well, the, the salt dissolves into that frozen water. It, it sort of invades the ice crystals and that changes. That changes what's going on there. It, it changes the freezing point of the water and it begins to liquefy. The salt melted the ice and it begins begins to break apart. Snap, crackle, pop. This is what salt does when it touches ice or meat or vegetables. It engages with the water and it influences its freezing point, its boiling point, its flavor, even its resistance to rot. Salt changes things. And Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. Now, in Jesus' time, they are not using salt to melt ice on their driveways. But I think the picture is helpful. We become salty, and my kids use this word salty to mean like you're being rude and angry. It's not how I'm using it here. I'm using it in the context of of, of Matthew chapter 5. We become salty through faith in Jesus. You are part of the kingdom of heaven. You know, this, this saving work of God that's going on in the world. The Holy Spirit is in you. And through you, he touches the world. And he sort of invades the kingdom of this world. And he changes things. He brings God's saving work into people's lives. Just as he brought that saving work to bear in you and in me. God's love and grace have dissolved into and and permeated throughout your life. And through you, that love moves 
out to other people. And the world has changed. The kingdom of heaven has come. And the good news leads people to repentance, just as it leads you and me to repentance still. But if salt lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. Okay. But does salt lose its taste? Today, the salt that we have, it's very pure. But the salt that they had in Jesus' time and in his culture, it was not. Remember, salt is a rock, right? And the salt that they were getting was stuff that they dug up, and it was often, you know, rather dirty. So that the salt could actually be dissolved from it, and you still be left with essentially dirt that you would then eat. Yum. I mean, it would leach out all, all the salt and leave the impurities. It would lose its flavor. But the actual salt didn't change. Are you with me so far? So remember, what makes us salty? It's Jesus. It's the faith that... that that we have in him. It's the kingdom of heaven at work in us. It's this, this faith in Jesus that, that makes us the salt of the earth. But even when we, we have faith in Jesus, even when our sins, your sins, are, are, are forgiven, do we ever find that we're kind of a, a mixed bag of impurities and faith? of dirt and salt. You are the salt of the earth. Be the salt. Carry Jesus into the lives of others and watch what he does in their lives. He's the one who has made you who you are. He's the one who gives you the forgiveness for the impurities in your life but he also changes your character. He fills you with hope. He fills you with his salvation. He fills you with, with love and life. To say that you are the salt of the earth is for Jesus to call you to live in the faith and for that faith to change you to live differently. This passage is part of a, a much larger sermon that, that Jesus preached. It's called the Sermon on the Mount. Maybe you've heard of that. You can read it in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. And I encourage you to read it. It begins with the Beatitudes. Th these passages that describe what it looks like when somebody is part of the kingdom of heaven. And, and Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. And so on. He's really displaying that, that in the kingdom of heaven, 
things are different than they are in the kingdom of earth. There is a new logic at work through his salvation at work in us. So Jesus wants us to see that that following him changes us. His love, his mercy, his integrity, his, his obedience to his Father's will. As forgiven sinners who, who have become part of the kingdom of heaven, these things lead us to love, to mercy, to integrity, to obedience, and, and to more. But here, here's the thing. This is no longer spurred on by our desire to prove ourselves. We're, we're, we're not trying to show ourselves to be better than others. That's kind of part of the problem that Jesus references at the end of this reading, where he says, your righteousness needs to be greater than the Pharisees. The Pharisees were all about the show. Jesus is all about the heart. He's looking at the motivation that goes into these activities that truly matter, the change that truly matters in our lives. Because he wants us to be motivated by what he has done. That we become motivated by his love and his forgiveness and his salvation. You are the salt of the earth. Why? Because that's what Jesus made you. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Can you think of a more obvious statement it's like, oh yeah, big town up there, lights. Mm, see it from a long ways away. You know, he goes on, he says, y- 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 people don't put a lamp under a basket. Really? They, 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 that would be silly. You put it up on a stand so that it gives light to everyone in the house. I think Jesus is being kind of obtuse here. He's trying to grab our attention to make us think, why would anybody do that? Of course you can't hide a city on a hill. You can see it for miles. Of course you don't put a light under a basket. That'd be crazy. What are you, what are you talking about? He says, in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Do you see the picture? When I was a boy, uh, my family lived in a rural area of, uh, of northern Michigan. And at night, it got dark. Darker than it ever gets here. I saw the Milky Way standing in my yard when I was a kid. That's how dark it was then. I remember waking on a cloudy night and not being able to see my hand in front of my face. In that kind of dark, you can see a city a long way off. In that kind of dark, a flickering candle or a lantern provides a lot of light. We live in a dark World, and you are the light shining in that darkness. 
The darkness is, is the fear, the hopelessness, the death, the corruption that sin brings into our lives. But you are light because Jesus, who is the light of the world, shines on and in you. I love, I love seeing the moon when it rises, when it, when it looks huge on the horizon. Have, have you seen that? Have you experienced that? The moon doesn't shine. It has no light of its own. But on a clear night with a full moon, you can see quite well. Because what it's actually doing is reflecting the sun's light back to us, back to earth. You are the light of the world. Because the sun's light, the S-O-N, shines on and in you. And through you, the people around you. Because Jesus' saving work is not just for you. It's for you, don't get me wrong. But it's not just for you. For you, So his light shines on you, but then it reflects off of you onto the people around you because Jesus wants everyone to see. He wants everyone to know. He wants us to experience his forgiveness and, and the love of God and what it can do in a person's life. And he has chosen you as his example. And, and I, can almost, I can almost hear some people going, well, he didn't choose very well then if he chose me. Jesus is all about forgiving sinners. And this is the thing that we get mixed up. We think it's all about me showing how good I am. No! It's about showing how forgiven you are. Because they're not to give glory to you, but to your Father who is in heaven. That's where people start to see the change is when they, they see the forgiveness that's at work in you and in me. So let your light shine so that people do see your good deeds and they praise your Father who is in heaven. Live in God's love and, and forgiveness and let Jesus' love and, and forgiveness move you to do good for others. And while you're busy doing good for others, don't forget to tell them about the kingdom of heaven and Jesus' salvation. Jesus is, is clear in, in, in this part of his sermon that our actions matter. We are salt and light. Salt and light change things. They impact the world around them. He says he didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. Now, some people think that that means that the law doesn't matter anymore. I don't think that's right. It isn't that the law doesn't matter. But Jesus brings it to its fullest meaning. Jesus shows us that being salt and light, it isn't for us. It isn't for, for you individually. It, it, it's 
for others. Our good deeds, they're, they're not for us. They do not and they cannot make God love us. You know, they, 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 they don't coerce him to be good to us. They don't buy forgiveness. That's the old logic. I do something for God and he does something for me. But these good works, being salt and light, they are the invasion of the kingdom of heaven into the world. When we live according to this new logic of the kingdom of God, instead of the old logic of quid pro quo and manic self-preservation. And in the new logic of a, of a righteousness that's not rooted in our action, but rooted in God's love. It's the new logic of loving our neighbor simply because he or she is a child of God. Someone who Jesus died for. Someone who may or may not know how profoundly God loves them. And you get to be salt and light to bring that love to them. So be the salt. Let your light shine. Let Jesus permeate your life so you live in your baptism. You hear his word and, and receive his body and blood for the forgiveness of sins. And, and then watch. Watch what he will do through your life to bring the kingdom of heaven to your school, to your work, your neighborhood, even to your family. It might seem small, but a little salt, a little light, they go a long way. Amen.